0: Welcome to another animation one-to-one from squiggly.com, I'm Steve Henderson. In this episode we meet Megan Nicole Dong, the creator of the latest Netflix animation TV series Centaur World, which streams from the 30th of July. Centaur World follows a warhorse who's transported from her embattled world to a strange land inhabited by silly singing centaurs of all species, shapes and sizes. Desperate to return home, she befriends a group of these magical creatures and embarks on a journey that will test her more than any battle she's ever faced before. Our guest Megan has worked for Features for DreamWorks and on TV series for Nickelodeon, before being scooped up by the streamer to bring us Centaur World, the musical cavalcade of Muppety mayhem with a surprise around every corner. It's also filled with magic, sparkles, merriment, and plenty of action and adventure. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe to the Squeakly YouTube channel for more videos like this. And if you like podcasts, you can subscribe to us via your favorite podcast provider. Be a pal and leave us a nice review, why not? Let's do that as well. Uh, and whilst you think of something lovely to say in the review, let's head straight over to the interview with Centaur World creator, Megan Nicole <laughs> Thank you very much for speaking to Squiggly today. Congratulations on uh, Centaur World. A it's a real roller coaster of a show. Uh, but I'd like to hear where the idea of Centaur World came from. The spirit of the show. It's somewhat based on your own life experiences. Uh, if you can believe that. Is that is that right? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Loosely. I mean, the the um, the themes are anyway. Um, obviously, I'm not a horse, <laughs> and I, I I haven't. And Centaur World is. Uh, uh, unfortunately doesn't exist in real life. But um, I, uh, for, for me, I grew up, um, uh, I'm Asian American, and I, I grew up in a community where there was a lot of emphasis on academic performance. And even though I had like a lot of creative drive, um, I thought that I really had to kind of pursue something that was more uh, traditional or, or normal as a career path. And um, when I was in, uh, when I was a teenager and I was, uh, and I, I went to high school um, I uh, was expecting just to take you know to excel in academics and all of that but um, there was a schedule mix up and I wound up um, the only extracurricular activity available to me was show choir which I wasn't expecting to be in and um, when I ended up there it was a lot of sparkly dresses and singing and dancing and jazz hands <laughs> and and musical theater which um, which I loved to watch, but I wasn't confident in being a part of. Um, so I was really nervous and felt like I was gonna not enjoy it. But um, over the course of that year, I just fell in love with it, fell in love with performing and, and really got into musicals and 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 into musical theater. But um, more importantly, it sort of um, allowed me to, to um, learn how to express myself more creatively. And it gave me the confidence to pursue the arts. I kind of knew then that Music and and all of, of all of the right brain side of of me were things that I really needed to pursue as a career, and um, I ended up going into animation as a result of that.
0: Well, thank goodness you ended up in the wrong class. I think. Uh, we... Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but as it relates to Centaur World, I really wanted to tell the story of someone who was a character that was more, you know, serious or thought there was only one way of doing things. Who wound up in a world. Uh, that really kind of shook everything about her, and and made her realize that it was, you know, all these other. Th- there were these other sides to her, and um, meeting other characters that kind of changed her in that way.
0: Well, Centaur World is is a kind of a, a Wizard of Oz style fish out of water story, uh, but it's it's pushed through an animation lens, and it gives you the opportunity to do absolutely anything. So maybe we could talk a little bit more about the 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 idea of a war horse and sent to this insane uh musical wonderland um your own personal work obviously on on social media seems to poke fun at animals and um, particularly like sharks and anthropomorphism can you tell us a little bit more about how the kind of i suppose the centaur bit of centaur world came into play
1: yeah um i i mean i um i love drawing in sketchbooks that's kind of a, a thing that i i would do on the side because, um, you know, for most of us working in animation, we we work on some we work digitally in some way, shape, or form, and so um, I've I've always found um, doodling and drawing um, and kind of just doing things more analog, as it, you know, making comics and all of that was was kind of therapeutic, and um, so visually, I, I knew that I, I really um, wanted to have something that felt more, like almost a little bit more hand drawn. Um, centaur world like it was designed to have like there's almost like a marker texture and and the characters look a little bit more you know um uh doodly I guess like the the lines and all of that um and uh I um you asked about like drawing animals and all of that I like I when I was younger I, I really um I was passionate about marine biology and just biology in general I love animals um I love drawing them and I think their nature is just, it's just so inspiring to me. It's just, um, I find a lot of the way that animals naturally look to be um, fascinating and hilarious or just the biodiversity of the world. Um, And so, uh, yeah, like I've always liked to kind of push that visually. And so it was, it it felt kind of um, like if we could kind of do anything in animation, it would be fun to kind of create a world that's just, you know, like you said, poking fun a little bit about Poking fun at, at at the natural world a little bit, or just pushing things to to interesting places.
0: Fantastic. This show obviously has dual styles. There's a kind of a, a gritty. Uh, the opening is like a kind of Masters of the Universe style uh, classic war setting, versus this, uh, as you you know you've described it uh, in in ver- in various releases as muppety, this sparkle fueled magical land. How complex is it to manage two worlds from a storytelling and from a design point of view as a showrunner?
1: Um, it was definitely challenging. Um, we we found the best way to go forward was to actually uh, use two different animation studios to handle both of the styles. And um, it ended up being a, a lot of fun, actually, because um, we worked with Mercury Filmworks to do most of the centaur world, the kind of more squashy, stretchy, muppety characters, and then... Um, a studio called Red Dog Culture House in Korea to focus on kind of action. Um, but as the, you know, as the story progressed and we had these characters kind of interact more and more, um, both of these studios had to end up kind of animating some of the characters from the other side, which presented a lot of really fun challenges. And when we, we, um, we had to share resources and all of that. And it was, uh, it was a unique experience.
0: I suppose the, the show itself is a centaur. It's half of one thing and half of another. So there's a use of magic in the show. Uh, with magic, you it can be used as this fantastic, fun device, but it can also be something of a burden. How do you go about setting rules in a show like Centaur World, which on the surface has no rules?
1: Um, I think um, for the, the magic, when, when um, our main character, Horace, arrives there, I, I think magic is something that's new to her, but also um, the magic that... The, this group of centaur she meets has or is, is uh, not particularly useful. I think that was the first thing we wanted to establish was um, uh, magic in this world. Initially, anyways, it seems like it's mostly used for frivolity or for just really strange purposes. So I think we wanted to kind of turn that idea on its head a little bit where we didn't want to um, just introduce, you know, the, the kinds of uh, magic you would expect, which is, you know, like um, stuff that can be be used for bigger purposes we what we really wanted to introduce magic that was really very silly and character based
0: there's lots of fun in the animation and in the music and the the script and and particularly the voice acting how have you managed to kind of keep the energy up on the on the show
1: i think we always tried to um uh to have fun to have as much fun as we could um and just to uh there is so much to juggle and um yeah it was it was a uh, it was a lot of um I think all of the challenges kind of kept us on our toes all the time, so, so um, there was never really a dull moment, so that really kept the energy up all the time for, for the whole team.
0: I can't uh, talk about Centaur World without talking about the music, which plays a major role, without relying on parody or mockery uh, in any way. Can you tell us about the use of music in the show and how central it is?
1: Um, music was uh, one of the highest priorities for, for me. Here, um, we wanted it to tell the story, um, and I wanted uh, I, I I wanted there to be a lot of songs in every episode, but I didn't want there just to be songs for the sake of having songs. We wanted this each um, each, each musical moment to really um, be narrative, to tell uh, to to um, be character based, and, and to propel the story forward. So that it was really important to um, um, to kind of, for me to be in the, you know, in the writer's room and, and my co-EP, Dominic Vizzignano, who also wrote a lot of the songs, um, for us to be there in the writer's room, working with the writers. And and um, we would, a lot of times we would go, you know, work on our demos and come back and either pitch them, you know, sing them to the writers or just play, you know, just, there's a lot of back and forth. And, and that was a lot of the fun of it. And then our composer, Toby Chu, um, uh, was also uh, with us at the beginning, and instead of kind of just doing the score later, he he came on board during pre-production, and um, we were giving him our demos. He was producing them, and um, just I think working with um, with other people on the music and who also had a lot of like storytelling in mind was was really was really fun. Like when Toby would produce our songs, he would um, and he would he would have uh, the story points in mind as well. So sometimes if we were um, like for one example, uh, there's, there's a, there are some songs that take place in kind of a forest environment. And so he would go away and add, um, I think he, he went to like Home Depot and, and made percussion out of like chopping wood or, or making um, shakers out of like shaking, you know, like out of dried leaves. And so he was incorporating a lot of storytelling elements into, into the way we produced the music, which was, which was really fun.
0: Netflix animation really seems to be the, the place to be at the moment. Uh, a lot of well-known artists and up-and-coming artists are being supported by the streaming service. Can you tell me more about working uh, alongside, even if it's virtual, uh, some of your colleagues? There seems to be quite a, a collaborative, uh, collegial uh, atmosphere um, as, uh, as demonstrated by uh, is it James Baxter who, uh, who hosted you recently at Annecy as, as part of the, uh, the Netflix uh, event there.
1: Um, I think that was one of the most exciting things was was kind of coming into the studio that's kind of being was being built at the same time as, as uh, many of us were developing our project. So um, when I first arrived at Netflix, it was um, the, uh, it was literally being, you know, fi- the building was physically being built around us and um, it was a pretty small group at the time. So it was uh, it was really exciting and energetic. It felt like being at art school. Um, you know, like we were being in one room and kind of um, developing one project and walking across the hall and, and talking, you know, you know, James Baxter being there or um, uh, Glenn Keane, all these, um, and uh, Matt Lazell, who's working on um, Battle Kitty, which will be coming out, I think, at, in, at a future date. But um, it was really exciting just to, um, there was there was a special energy there, because most of us have come from studios that have long history and have already, um, you know, have their, their kinds of Brands or, or culture established, but to kind of be at the very beginning of something was was one of the the most uh, truly exciting parts of of uh, of being at at the studio.
0: Maybe we could travel back in time to to when you actually pitched the show. How do you pitch a show like centaur World?
1: um <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's a difficult show to describe. You know, it's there's a lot going on, and um, for me, I, I think. Um, having seen a lot of amazing pitches from other, other people like Jorge Gutierrez, and uh, I think I, I recognized that um, the only way to pitch something like this for me was to actually make parts of it. So um, when I pitched it to the studio and also to um, colleagues and, and people that I was interviewing even to come on board, um, um, what I had ended up working on when I was developing this was worked on a Bible, but also um, I worked on um, a, a storyboard pitch for the first episode. And and um, in doing that, I was also right I wrote the first few songs. And so the pitching process was basically um, pitching it, you know, doing all the, pitching a storyboard, doing all the voices. And um, I had like piano tracks on my iPhone. So when I would get to a song, I would just pick, like their backing track. So I'd press play and then just sing all the, you know, sing all the parts. And um, it was kind of like the best way to pitch it because it was so hard to describe. And if you say you want to make a show that is, you know, like action adventure, but then also it's, you know, this Muppety road trip musical, it's it's a mouthful, but I think the only way to do it is to really show what it is. Um, so that was, so, so, um, yeah, like performing it seemed to be the best way to 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 do that, and especially since um, so much of the influence of the show comes from live theater or live performance, I think that it was um, it was kind of the only way to kind of, to, to pitch it to others.
0: Would you say that your own background in storyboarding and uh, at, at other major animation studios has, has really uh, helped you kind of develop that that knack for conveying uh, Centaur World?
1: Yeah, I think that everywhere that I've worked has pre- kind of prepared me for this. Like it, it is a really ambitious story and an and ambitious project. And I think, I feel fortunate that I got to work at um, both at you know DreamWorks Animation working on features um, and at Nickelodeon working on, um, on series. Uh, I think I've learned a lot from my peers, but also having, you know, learning about how, um, things work comedically for series you know like comedic storytelling and all of that and then also learning um bigger story structure stuff from from uh you know from working in features was really helpful for me
0: has streaming ushered in a golden age would you say for creatives like yourself and the opportunities to develop shows that might not have been possible uh, even a few years ago
1: um, I think it's a really exciting time and I think with streaming there are just so many um, different possibilities. Um, you don't have to think about episode lengths in the same way or the format it can, there's a lot of freedom there. but also um, creatively, I think um, since since there I mean there's there's just so much more range that you can you can um, that a lot of the studios are looking for because uh, you don't really have to fit it into a specific um, I guess, a specific mold, a specific formula. Um, There seems to be a a demand for for a variety of different kinds of content, which I I think, um, like I can't imagine making this show anywhere else, really.
0: Can you tell us more about some of your favorite characters from the show and what we might expect uh, for the future of Centaur World? (laughs)
1: Um, I I really, uh, I I truly love all of our characters. Horse, our, our main character, played by Kamiko Glenn, is is a um, is a character that I, I both relate to and and have a lot of affection for. And um, for our, our herd of, of um, centaur characters, um, I love all of them. Um, Wama Wink, in particular, I have I have a, a soft spot for. And and the di- and uh, the dynamic between Horse and Wama Wink is is um, something that I really love. Um, so I love all of our characters, but I love the relationships they have with one another as well.
0: And obviously, uh, voicing uh, Glendale, the character yourself, uh, that must have been an opportunity for uh, quite some some fun in the recording booth.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it was a lot of fun playing, playing that character. Um, I really wanted uh, a character that was going to have a really extremely um, Muppety sounding voice. So just that really pushed, uh, pushed and bizarre kind of vocal performance um, that was really specific. But it was also a lot of fun because um, the things that the writers would, would throw at me <laughs> were getting progressively more and more convoluted in, in a good way. <laughs> so it was really fun to, um, it was fun to, to portray the character.
0: Fantastic. Well, Megan, Nicole, Dong, thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today. And congratulations again on Centaur World.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Centaur World streams on Netflix from the 30th of July. And if you're interested in more content from Megan, you can follow her on Twitter and on Instagram at SketchShark follow squiggly on instagram facebook and twitter like and subscribe to our youtube channel for more animation videos tell a friend about the work we do here and as ever for the latest news reviews interviews podcasts and everything else from the world of animation head over to squiggly.com